0: Amen. And once again, we are in our study, world religions,
1: cults, and the occult. We are in number 13, Bobby. Charismatic chaos. charismatic chaos. Who wants to read the tagline? Awfully small, but hey, go for it. That's apparently nobody. I'll read it for you. That's right, the untold history of the charismatic movement is what we're doing. Now, uh, by way of recap, we've already seen the intro disclaimer. I'm not saying everybody who goes to a charismatic church or whatever is involved in a cult or whatever. Of course not, that would be ridiculous. However, there are a lot of things that are coming in and have been for a while into the charismatic community that is going overboard and is into the occult behavior and stuff. We've already seen that the movement itself is nothing new. This is something that the early church dealt with immediately after the death of the last apostles, uh, a movement called Montanism. We also saw the gibberish uh, the version of what is called the gift of languages or tongues. It's always been a known language, but it's a gibberish now. That's nothing new. That's also done even in Hinduism, New Age, and things of that nature. So that's not from God. Then, so that brought us to the issue of the spiritual gifts. And we saw, when, uh, when do we get the spiritual gifts? We'll see it again tonight. At salvation. The Bible's very clear, right? Uh, who gives them? The Holy Spirit, right? As he wills. So can you take a class and get what you want? Can you ju- what if you went to a seminar? What if you paid somebody to lay hands on you? It's not going to change a thing. He gives them when he wants them. Uh, and how do, you, how do you know what, what you got? Well, sometimes you saw it self-evident. Sometimes you just need to explore, try different things, you know. And then sometimes the gifts need to be equipped, for instance, like the gift of teaching, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then we can say, okay, well, what are they then? Okay, what we saw already, the gift of prophecy, the gift of serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, and faith. Every single one of those is still in existence today. However, once again, by way of recap, this is one of the biggest ones that the charismatic community gets wrong. They get it wrong in two different ways. One, they think that prophecy is giving forth a new revelation. That's not at all what that gift is. It is declaring that which has already been revealed and what has already been revealed for us. Right here. So that gift. So they have this supernatural ability to declare this and declare this accurately, etc. That would be like a pastor, etc. Somebody like that. But that's what the gift is. Then they confuse it with the office of a prophet. Right? Who is giving forth new revelation? That's no. The office of a prophet is not in existence because do we need a new revelation? No, we got the New Testament. It's all set for us. We don't need another one. And it's also confused with the office of an apostle. Apostle was one who was sent forth, apostolos, on a commission. A commission of what? To transfer from the old covenant to the new covenant. And they are there to verify that there is now a new way that God is dealing uh, with his people, okay, in the church age. So uh, that's not in existence. So that's the ones that are in existence. This one, of course, in its correct context. Okay, now tonight we're going to see the ones that are not. In existence today and it has nothing to do with you're just being stubborn you're one of those religious mindsets who's resisting the Spirit of God in the last day no we're gonna see clearly from the Word of God you don't need it and you're always gonna see clearly from the uh, Word of God that guess what some gifts today are in function okay but some of them were temporary and that's nothing new in the Bible okay God's been doing that ever since Moses Okay, But we'll see that tonight. But to get started, let's read 1 Corinthians 12. Once again, let's take a look at these gifts as we get closer to finally wrapping them up. And then we'll move on to some other unfortunate behavior. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, let's take a look at verse 1 all the way down to 11 to grab the context there. When you get there, say moo. Moo, mommy, you're pretty quick. You're a quick cow mooer tonight. Praise God. So, but uh, let's get that 1 Corinthians, you find 2 Corinthians, what do you do? Find 3 Corinthians, what do you do? You get a new Bible, it's not there. Probably, it's like we heard that before. Uh, but anyway, that's right. 1 uh, Corinthians 12, one stalled enough time. Here's what it says. Now about what? Spiritual gifts, right? Brothers, I don't want you to be what? Ignorant. Why do you say that? Remember the context of the Corinthian church? They were Ignorant. They were having all kinds of problems, so he's got to set them straight. right? And he says, uh, verse 2, You know that when you were pagans, uh, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the what? The same Spirit. Now, there's different kinds of service, but the what? The same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but what? The same God works all of them in all men. Who works them all? This is from God, right? All right. Now, to each one, the body of Christ, each Christian, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? It's for yourself, for self-edification, because it's all about you. No, wrong translation. For the common good is why the gifts are given. Now, to one... There is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another uh, faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking of different kinds of tongues or languages, and still to another the interpretation of those tongues or languages. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and who gives them? He, God, the Holy Spirit, gives them to each one just as you jump up and down. You take a class. You give some money. You give an offering. You sow a seed in somebody's ministry and the Spirit of God will come upon. No, I'm sorry. It says He wills, is what it says there. He's the one that distributes the gift, as we saw there. And again, just by way of recap, we've already seen the ones that are still in function today the spiritual gifts, prophecy in the correct understanding, not a new revelation, foretelling that which has already been revealed right there in the Bible is what that gift was serving teaching encouraging giving leadership mercy wisdom knowledge and faith okay now again as you saw there we're getting there at the tail end these are the ones that are not in existence today now the first one that was mentioned there if you're paying attention is the gift of what did you say there healing we're getting there we'll read it sometime again later Anyway, the gift of healing is what was mentioned there, okay? The 11th gift there is healing. All the, now, wait a second. Does this mean that God can't heal today? Is that what we're talking about? We're, are you trying to say that God can't? No, of course not. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Right? The, we are talking about a special supernatural gift that was given to certain people in the early church to produce miraculous healings, okay? And what you're going to see is, by and large, most of this really was going on by the apostles, okay? The apostles, Okay, as well as miracles. We'll see that in just a second. Okay, and it was to confirm that their message was indeed from God, right? So, why would God give the apostles this special ability to do these supernatural healing and miracles, right? We'll see. I'm, kind of, I'm gonna kind of merge the first two together that we're gonna deal with tonight. Well, because again, you gotta put it in its historical context. For how many years they've been under the old covenant, right? And then all of a sudden, these people pop up back on the scene and they say, remember that guy you crucified? Uh, he rose again from the grave, right? So they pop back on the scene and then they're saying, there's a new way of doing things. And again, who was the early church? Who were the first Christians? Jewish people, right? You think it's easy to get a Jewish person to go from the old covenant? Are you kidding me? Still to this day, they got to deal with that aspect, okay? As we witness to them, right? And so, so how's God going to get people's attention and go, no, no, serious, these, this is real, the Messiah has come, and there's a new covenant now, and you need to pay attention to what they say. What's he do? He gives them something supernatural, and you're going to see a kind of a combo here with the gifts of healing and also with the gift of miracles. And again, this is nothing new. God has done this many times throughout the Scripture, okay? God will give supernatural abilities. It could be healing, all kinds of supernatural stuff. could be miracles, miraculous things taking place. Uh, through certain men at certain time to validate the man, the message. We even see Jesus, when he was doing this, demonstrating that he was the Messiah. Now, let me give you, again, a little bit of recap, what we've already talked about on that. Let's take a look at the case of Moses, right? Because the moment you say, well, these are not in function for today, you either get, you're resisting the Spirit of God in the last days. No, I'm not. Right? They'll say, well, hey, if it's in the Bible, if it was good for then, it's good for today. Really? Well, the Bible says that Judas went and hung himself. I guess that's good for today. No, you can't just, you know, cherry pick a verse and take it out of its context and say it's automatically, no, right? Well, the Bible says in the Old Testament that they took animals to the temple to sacrifice. That's in the Bible, it's good for this, it's good for today. Why do you just cherry pick these certain things? You say that it was, you gotta be consistent, right? And when you read the scripture, God consistently, for a certain time, he would give a certain man, okay, and we're starting with Moses, miraculous abilities So that people would say, hey, guess what? You need to pay attention. This is my man, if you will, God's saying, and you need to pay attention to him. Now, again, why would God give Moses supernatural abilities? What's the context of Moses? Last time the Jewish people saw him, he murdered a guy in trying to defend the Jewish people, but that backfired on him, obviously. Okay, so he runs out into the desert for 40 years, and they haven't seen him for 40 years. Next thing he comes back and says, hey, I saw God. Listen up. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, what's God do? I got to get their attention. And they got to know that this is my man so they'll pay attention to him, right? So, he gives them supernatural abilities. So, let me give you just a few of those. He had the ability to turn the rod into a snake. Remember that? He had the ability, his hand, he put it in there and he'd pop it back out, and it was lepers. You know, right there. He also had the ability to strike with plagues there. The, the water turned to blood. The frogs, the lice, the flies, the livestock only of Egypt died. The boils, the thunder and hail, the locusts, the darkness, the firstborn was slain of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea. He Then in the Exodus, he, he not only did the parting of the Red Sea, the healing of the bitter waters at Marah. the manna came down from heaven, uh, water from the rock, the death of Nadab and Abihu when they uh, got judged them for offering strange fire there, uh, uh, the deaths of Koran, Dathan, and Abiram, when they rebelled against God's man, okay, God took them took him out and Aaron's rod that budded because God chose him to be the high priest. Why don't these people do that today? If you sit there and say, if, you're, if, that's, if that's your mindset, well, if it's good for them, it's good for today, how come you're not parting like me? I mean, that'd be a witness, wouldn't it? Right? How, how come you're not uh, uh, putting a, pl- a plague of lice on chicken so people will stop eating it? Because they already got lice, that's why. No, who said that? But anyway, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I said say that right. Or the livestock died. Just have the chickens die, right? Keep the cows around, the pigs around. Whoo, that's right, right. No, but why don't they do any of that stuff, right? I mean, if you if it's good for them, good to say. And you supposedly had these same gifts. Why don't you do that? Oh, it's because God gives them at a certain time for a certain purpose to validate the man and the message, right? Now he also did it not just with Moses. He did it with the prophets, right? There's certain things that the prophets do, these people don't do. Right? Right? You got Elijah. Elijah, remember that jar of flour and that jug of oil that never went dry? Man, what a gift. Who wouldn't like to have that one? How I many guys like to have a fridge? Every time you open it up, it was stocked full of good food, man. Every time. Never went empty. This really happened. This is not just a story. It's not just some flannel graph thing. And uh, you know, on Sunday school, this little nifty thing, and it keeps falling over and the head's going like this. You know, remember those days with the flannel graph? Low-tech technology before PowerPoint, right? No, this is really happening, right? It really happened, right? How come they don't do that? How many guys would like to have a gas tank that never ran out? Well, this is what's going on here, right? He raised the widow's son. Uh, He had the the encounter with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. The fire... (laughs) The fire sucked up the offering, and the, 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 all the prophets died. The burning of the captains and their hosts, the parting of the Jordan River. Then Elisha came along, right? He parted the Jordan River. He healed the waters at Jericho. Uh, there was, oh, the, peep, the kids, teenagers made fun of him being a bald head, right? And he, the, God judged him. A bear came out and mauled him, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, well, hey, how come these guys don't control animals at will? Prophets did. You're a prophet of God today, and if it's good for them, it's good. Why don't you do that? Something's not consistent here, if that's your line of reasoning, right? Uh, the, and uh, the water supply to the armies of Moab, that's a whole other thing. Uh, the raising of the, the Shunammite son uh, from the dead. He, Listen, he cured the deadly pot of stew. Remember that? They, they were hungry, and they got the, the big old pot of stew, and they said, "Ah, oh, it's death in the pot. Remember that? Of course, it was chicken noodle soup or whatever. But anyway, so... <laughs> But no, seriously, it would really happen, right? So, And all of a sudden, he cured the thing. The feeding of 120 loaves, the Naaman, uh, the Syrian general got cured of leprosy. He made the iron axe head float. The Syrian army was uh, smitten. Uh, and, and then uh, uh, you, you even saw later with the, uh, uh, Isaiah. Uh, I just want to give you another one. I'm just blowing through this real quick. I've got to get through it. Uh, uh, Sennacherib's army, 185,000 were killed by one angel from God during Isaiah's time how come you don't do that we wouldn't even need a military if you guys really had these legitimate yes as a prophet of god you can just command apparently god's angels and ask god to intervene and he will and he'll, he'll take them out just like that something's not consistent okay but why because god this is nothing new we're not coming up with some new thing just because we're rejecting the spirit of god in the last days the new movement of the spirit the wave of the spirit all that terminology. no this is consistent God will give a man a certain supernatural ability for a certain time to draw attention, to glorify God, to validate the message, because God's doing something different. Okay? Same thing that we're saying there, right? Now, miracles of Jesus. What do you think Jesus did? He did miracles because he just, you know, he didn't have anything to do. They didn't have TV back then. There was no cable. He couldn't watch football, right? I mean, he was just, well, I don't know. I guess I'll go heal some people. No, what was the purpose of the miracles? So that people, because again, was Jesus the only one to come along and say, hey, I'm the Messiah? No. So how are they going to know that he's the real deal? He does what was prophesied in the scripture. Here's what the Messiah would do. He not only fulfilled prophecies, but he did miracles. And he did miracles and he did healing, all in the same thing. He converted water to wine. He healed the noble and the son. He made Amazing catch of fish. He heals the demoniac. He heals Peter's mother in law. He cleanses the leper. He heals the paralyzed man. He healed an immobile man. He restored a withered hand of another guy. He restored the centurion's servants. He raises the widow's son to life. He stills the storm. He throws two demons at two guys. He raises the daughter of Jairus from the dead. He cures the woman with the issue of blood. He restores two blind men to sight. He walks on the Lake of Galilee. He heals the daughter of the Phoenician Woman. He feeds more than four thousand people. He restores a deaf mute man. He restores a blind man. An epileptic boy. He he pays the temple tax by getting money from a fish's mouth. Now, if you're really a prophet of God and you got the gift of miracles, the next one that we'll see here, right? Uh, then, then why don't you do that every year? G- give the IRS a call. Hey guys, be right there. April fifteenth is coming. I'm going fishing. I'm going to send my check in. Hopefully, get a big whale. Why didn't she do stuff like that? Because this really happened. Right? Well, you don't have that, all right? So it keeps going. Uh, restores 10 lepers to wholeness. He opens the eyes of another man born blind. Raises Lazarus from the dead. Heals the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Cures a man with dropsy. Restores another two men, uh, blind uh, men, of, to sight near Jericho. Condemns a fig tree. Heals the ear of Malchus. You think you got the gift of healing? What Who's Malchus? The servant guy. I think the high priest, right? Peter goes, chops the guy's ear off. What's Jesus do? All right, now what do you guys want? Can you imagine that really happened, right? Isn't it like, well, he, he duct taped it. That's what he did. No, he had to use Gorilla Tape because it was really bad. And then it kind of hung there for two weeks, and the disciples monitored. No, it, when he popped that baby back on, and bang, it's good to go. It's not like, well, you didn't have enough faith. That's why you can only partially hear out of it now. You need to come to my conference and pay another. No, when Jesus does it, when you got the legitimate thing going on from the Spirit of God, It's 100% every single time. But he pops the guy's ear back on. He has another amazing second catch of fish and all that stuff. But why why is that happening? Why don't people pay their taxes by going fishing and having money coming out of the fish's mouth? Why aren't people going through hospitals and popping people's ears back on and legs back on, all the amputees? Why are they doing that today? Because they're not in function for today. Why? Because just like with Moses, just like with the prophets, and even we see with the Messiah, with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, God gives certain abilities for a certain time to validate the man and the message because he's doing something new, right? It has nothing to do with resisting the Spirit of God, right? Now, let's take a look at the uh, apostles, right, in the book of Acts. In fact, if I recall right, in the manuscripts, it's not just the book of Acts. It's the book of the Acts of the apostles because the apostles did some pretty amazing things. Why? Because once again, guess what? They're appearing on the scene, they got some new message, and you're going from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, and they're speaking to the Jewish people initially, later the Gentiles, and they're going, are you got to be kidding me? You're asking us to walk away from the Old Covenant? You're asking us to believe in this guy that was just crucified, and you said, raised again from the grave, and we can't find his body? What? So what's God do? He gives them supernatural ability. Same thing he's done in Moses and the prophets and Jesus. Now they pop, nothing different. So that's what you see. Peter and John, they healed the lame man at the temple. God answered Peter with a miraculous earthquake. Ananias and Sapphire were slain by the Lord for lying. That'll get your attention. Right? Signs and wonders continued through the apostles. Peter healed many from various cities. And of course, I'm just blown through with the book of Acts. Uh, prison doors were opened by an angel. Stephen did great wonders and signs, the Bible says. Philip did miracles and signs. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Paul blinded that one guy, Elmias, or whatever that guy's name was. Remember that? He also performed miracles at Iconum. He healed a crippled man. He uh, healed a woman possessed by an evil spirit. Uh, a miraculous earthquake loosed the chains of the doors in the Philippi prison. Paul performed other miracles in Ephesus. He raised... Eutychus from the dead. Paul was not affected by the viper at Melita. Excuse me, the snake came out of the fire. Remember that? Right? Lapsed on to him and everybody's going like, "Uh, you're dead. It's like when you drive by the corner over here and you see people every day, man. They're going through that KFC drive through and you're going like, oh, dude, it's over for you. Right? (laughs) <laughs> I'm on a chicken kick tonight. But anyway, that's right. if you can't tell. So the spirit of poultry is all over me. Yes, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. It's just a joke. But let's move on. Uh, but excuse me, why can't you do that today, right? Unfortunately, do you know, and we might get to this, there are charismatic groups out there who stick their hands in snake bags because of a misunderstanding, and they, and, and they die because of a false teaching. It's taken out of context. Right. Uh, He also healed those on the island uh, that were diseased, etc., etc. Paul even had in Acts chapter nineteen handkerchiefs or uh, uh, were uh, from Paul uh, were that Paul had merely touched were carried to the sick and people were healed and whatever. So, so why don't you do that? What I'm about to show you is just like the snake in the bag thing. They are doing that today, but they're doing it out of context. It's unbiblical, and they're using it as a lie to rip people off. I'll get to that in a second. But what's this prayer cloth thing? Well, first of all, it's a a bunch of baloney. And here's the premise that the charismatic community uh, would have you not believe. Okay. Now, first of all, it didn't start necessarily with just the charismatic community. Uh, Actually, if you do the research, the Mormons used to do this Okay. back in the day. Uh, Roman Catholic Church, we'll get into that even more so, I better hurry, Uh, uh, as well. Uh, But a lot of the charismatic movement, they'd have these cloths And this grew out with Mormonism, then it went into the Pentecostal church. They have these cloths that are, quote, anointed in oil or in the sweat of those who pray over it. And specifically somebody who's a prophet or an apostle or the gift of healing or miracles, right? And then now somehow that cloth is supercharged to bring a miracle, right? The belief is that the oil or the sweat in the prayer cloth, this is from the charismatic community, this is not from the Bible because it's not in function today, is anointed... And and, and Acts says, listen, a point of transfer that allows the blessing of God to enter the recipient. Really? So God is sitting there going, oh, man, I wish somebody would sweat on a cloth. I can't do nothing. "Mm, What? You guys ran out of oil again? Well, you better go to the store and get some because I can't do nothing until you anoint this oil. No, but that's what they teach, right? Then here's why it works. It's a fundraising device, that's a kind word, it's a rip-off device, is how I will translate that phrase, among the prosperity gospel TV evangelists, and they encourage viewers to send their name and address, and perhaps a short prayer request, and in return, their viewer will get a prayer cloth from these guys, and the instruction is to, quote, place it in your Bible for one night, or some would say, put it under your pillow, or some would say, write your name on it. Uh, Others, of course, then they would say, well, guess what, not only do you do that, but then what do you got to do in return? Money yeah, apparently it doesn't work without money either, right? And uh, they they will send you and I actually had uh, in New York I had got one of these guys. It was a paper prayer cloth, and and it was just it was just a stupid piece of paper, square piece of paper, right? Had some like patterns on it, and then you put it on the floor. They said and you stand on that paper prayer cloth, and then you make your request known and send money. Are you serious? But a paper prayer cloth, a prayer fleece, a prayer cloud, prayer coins, and you'll get financial gain. And think, come on, they, they're not doing that today, are they? Yeah. Here's just one guy. Now, this is kind of funny, but then it gets me personally kind of upset when you hear how this ends. These guys are ripping people off over the anointing of a prayer cloth. It's just crazy. Watch this.
2: You ready for your miracle? Yes, I'm looking for my miracle. What city are you calling from? I'm calling from Desmond, Iowa. Have you called for the anointing prayer handkerchief? Have I have I called for my handkerchief? Uh huh. All right. How can we pray for you this morning?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I I I was actually having a lot of pain in my my elbows and whatnot. Okay. Is it hurting right now? it yeah, yeah it it's 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 hurting right now i really i i have to sit with my elbows and my arms folded
1: all day long i can't move and are they hurting right now yeah, yes it's hurting right now all right listen God's getting ready to heal yes. your body and i hear the lord saying that the miracles that you've been standing in the gap waiting for that the miracles is on his way right now yes. and god is healing your body right now I want you to shake those arms right now and move those elbows right now because I'm shaking head it. because God! who is healing you? who right now did you feel that no I didn't T- tell me how you feel now I, I still feel all about but the pain is leaving out right now. Funny, but did you hear the pain in that guy's voice? And that healing ain't coming that way. You've got to be kidding me. It's a money-making scheme. There's nothing wrong theologically with praying for somebody to be healed, but that's not what we're talking about, with this specific gift of healing. Okay, that we're talking about here. Miracles and signs according to healing uh, were given to the apostles uh, to reveal God's word. Paul, a former enemy of the church, would have obviously needed extraordinary miracles to confirm his new position, right? Especially Paul. Who's Paul? It's one thing for the, the apostles say, hey, we're moving from the old covenant to the new covenant, but who was Paul? He was a former persecutor of the church, and he comes on, hey, I'm a Christian too. Yeah, right. So he gets miracles and gifts of healing, uh, as well at that time to validate that Paul really is chosen uh, from Jesus. Right. But with the completion of the Bible, we do not need these sign gifts okay, to identify God's prophets. And God certainly does not need oil or sweat to more easily pass on the power of the Holy Spirit. These things, prayer clause, are quote, "a shameless money scheme." And Second 2 Peter 2:2,2,3 2, says this: "Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them false teachers, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Nowhere in the Bible does it imply that prayers and spiritual favors can be bought and sold. In fact, if you want to read another passage, was that Acts 8 or 9? uh, Simon the sorcerer, remember him? And there was a debate, did he get saved, did he get not saved? But the big issue that I want to bring up is the issue when he said, hey, wow, look at those gifts that you guys got as apostles. These temporary gifts, right? Amazing gifts of healing. He goes, I want that. And he basically asked how much money. And you know what the Greek literally says when they spoke back to him? To hell with you and your money. That's literally what the Greek is, very strong. Whoa to think that you could buy and sell the work of the Spirit of God. But that's what these guys are doing. Although God does heal today, the ability of men to produce miraculous healings okay, belong to the apostles of the first century church to affirm that their message was from God. If they did, the hospitals and morgues would be full of these gifted people emptying beds and coffins everywhere, right? Man, that would be a great testimony for Jesus, one guy says this, he goes, I do believe that God heals. Of course, God heals in answer to prayer. He, he does sometimes very miraculously. We're not against that, okay? I don't question his healing. I don't question his ability to miraculously heal in response to the prayers of his people. There's a great difference, though, between God healing somebody immediately and God healing someone through a human healer, and that's the distinction we're talking about here, okay? Think about how thrilling it would be to have this gift of healing, today, if it were in function today. I mean, think of what it would be like to go to a hospital where all the sick and dying are and just go down the hall and just touch them and heal them. It would be fantastic. Think of all the, the effort that people go through in medicine and all the years that the doctors go through school and all the technology and, and, and think of the millions and millions of dollars that, that we spend and all we need is a gift of healing if it could only be had, but it can't. But just think of that, right? And you just go down the hall and you go, be healed, be healed, be healed. Sickness and disease and all that heartbreak, it's all over the world, it's all gone. Imagine that all these people who supposedly had the gift of healing all got together and got on an airplane, we flew them down to these great pockets of disease in the world and they just went through the crowds healing everybody, it'd be fantastic. What sympathy that would be to speak towards Christianity. Imagine if we went through the world with the gift of healing and banished illness from the world because that's what that gift could do. If it was in function today, every single time. And not just, you got a migraine, you're healed in the name of... Why don't they do it? Why is it these people who claim to have the gift never do anything of that nature? Why is it that they always have to do this in a controlled environment, doing their things, staging their way, running their operation that begins on time, ends on time when it's supposed to? Why aren't they in the hospitals? How come they aren't in these areas of need around the world that are really hurting? Why does it happen? Because, quote, they don't have the gift. That's why." why. And they're ripping people off. And it's a, even, even the lost knows this is a bunch of chicanery, right? It's a horrible witness on top of that. He says, why don't they have it? Because the gift of healing was a temporary sign gift for the authentic, authentication of the scriptures as the word of God. And once that was authenticated, it ceased, right? Which leads us, I'm kind of, doubling them together. The gift of healing was the first one, of course. The second one mentioned there in 1 Corinthians 12 that is not in function today for the same reason, okay, is the gift of miracles, okay? Also known as working of miracles, Uh, it involved performing supernatural events that could only be attributed to the power of God. Uh, Again, this was done through the apostles. You saw that with the handkerchief uh, example that's being abused today. Uh, The legitimate one with Paul, uh, Peter, Stephen, Philip, the miraculous signs, raising people from the dead, the uh, people being set free from demons and all kinds of stuff of that nature. The gift of miracles, though, is a different gift from the gift of healing. And those in the early church who had the gift of miracles had the ability by the Spirit to do miraculous things of a different, more powerful kind. Again, you're talking about raising somebody from the dead. You're talking about when Paul did the, caused the guy to go blind. <sighs> I mean, that's, that's not healing, that's, but it is miraculous. And that, that's really what's going on here, okay? Uh, and Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 too, he speaks of his showing, quote, the marks of a true apostle. A true what? Just anybody? Average Joe? God gives him the whole church? No, he specifically says the marks of a true apostle are including signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, why would Paul say that and just keep it, why didn't he say all brothers in Christ? all Christians. Anybody who's a believer in Jesus Christ as their Messiah, as their Savior, and God will do it in signs, wonders, and miracles. He didn't say that. He said just the apostles. Why? Because it was just for the apostles. Right? Now, specific gifts of miracles, again, cease with the office of the apostle. Because what, again, were the miracles? Just like God gave with Moses, just like he gave with the prophets of old, just like he did to validate with Jesus, he's doing the same thing with the apostles. He's given them the supernatural abilities, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, so that people say, hey, pay attention to these guys. God's doing a new thing. Listen to the message, right? The message has been confirmed for us. We don't need a new, new testament. We don't have a new word from God. Here it is. It's been validated for us for almost 2,000 years. So guess what we don't need? We don't need these gifts. This is, these are why they're in the category of what's called temporary gifts, temporary sign gifts. They were to be done as a sign that these are God's men with a new message, and you need to pay attention. You get it? There's no resisting of the Spirit of God in the last days. And again, it's nothing different than he's done in the past. That's it. But people say that, oh, they're still going on, right? You need to come to me because I got the gift of miracles. And if you follow my methodology, then you could have your miracle today. Of course, it's going to cost you something, right? They don't do that, do they? Well, let me share with you a guy. His name's Peter Popoff, right? If I were to rename his last name, it'd be Peter Ripoff, okay? Because that's really what's going on. He is still in existence today. I cannot believe it. In fact, he's making a comeback. But here he is ripping people off with his miracle spring water. Here's a recent commercial. I kid you not. It's on TV. Watch
3: God's will for us has always been to be in health and to prosper. And He's using the Miracle Spring Water to do just that.
2: I sent for the Miracle Spring Water and I want to let you know that God gave me a $50,000 debt cancellation. I was delivered from all different type, high blood pressure, fibromyalgia, uh, you name it, God delivered me from it. Get the Spring Water, it really works.
0: The doctors had given her up for dead, and her husband brought her the miracle spring water. My husband brought the spring water
2: up, and I drank it, and I'm speaking today. I had no speech, totally paralyzed, and now I'm testifying that through the miracle of God and your ministry... Listen, she had no speech. She's speaking today.
4: Let me send you your free packet of miracle spring water. It's absolutely free, no obligation. Take a moment to jot down the number on your screen and call now. I'll send you your miracle spring while you're absolutely free without any obligation. You're next in line for a miracle.
1: But you ain't going to get it until you get this water. Because we all know that there's something special about that little plastic container. And apparently Mr. Popoff has this holy spigot that only he has access to. And somehow, he's able to take that miracle potential, the Spirit of God, and infuse it into that holy spigot water, and he, he makes it so convenient, so you can mail it in a package, so that we can receive it, because if we don't get that, we ain't getting no miracle. God's hands are tied until we get the miracle spring. Isn't that what they're saying? It's absolutely ridiculous, right? God is not. We're not saying that God can't do miracles, okay, but he's not bound by this chicanery, right? We're saying that God did miracles. Uh, He can do miracles today, but he gave people, certain people, the ability to do serious miracles that didn't require having to send off for some water. Okay, why? For the time to say that this is the man that God has chosen with a new message and you want to pay attention to. Now, he's not doing anything new. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. We'll probably get into this once we start at 5,322, when we actually get to the history part of our study on the untold history of the charismatic movement. We're just still dealing with doctrinal issues right now. Uh, But you're going to see that there's a happy relationship going on with the charismatic community with the Roman Catholic Church. Part of it is because the Roman Catholic Church is so full of mysticism and this baloney with the false miracles, right? There's a natural wedding that takes place. Because the charismatic community does the same thing. Let me give you some historical examples, okay, of how the Catholic Church uh, has done the same thing. For example, supposedly, if you can believe this, in 415, supposedly they found the bones of Stephen. Remember the martyr Stephen, and these bones were taken to Africa, and everywhere they went, miracles have happened. You believe that one? Well, if you do, I got some spring water I can sell you after service. So, all right? Oh, and that's not all. A merchant in one town stole the arm of John the Baptist. No, but listen. It was preserved in a shrine, and as long as he kept it in his closet, he got rich. But his son, as soon as somebody found it and they took it away, he became a beggar. Oh, dude, that's just amazing. Uh, it, it basically, so he had a good luck charm from the arm of John the Baptist, which is a bunch of blown. anyway. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church supposedly preserved feather droppings from the wings of Gabriel. For miracles. Pilgrim monks came back and boasted that they had been to Jerusalem, listen, and had seen the real finger of the Holy Spirit. This is in the Catholic Church. What? As if he has a finger. He is spirit. Okay, but anyway. uh, At Rome, they exhibited a miracle-working vial of breast milk from the Virgin Mary. And that became such a, oh, by the way, what they would do, they would have all these relics, it's supposed to be Stephen's bones, the arms of John the Baptist. They would have actual vials of Mary's breast milk, and then they would take them on tours, and then people would pay money like admission, and they would use that money that they drudged up from all the fake uh, trinkets, okay, and, and, and also to get money, and also to pay us so you can have your sins uh, forgiven. And that's what they used to build the cathedrals over in Europe. That's on historical record. All right, but anyway, so uh, but so they got these vial of <clears throat> breast milk of the Virgin Mary, supposedly, obviously not, and it became such a popular miracle worker that twenty different churches, Catholic churches, have bottles of Mary's breast milk to do miracles with. <laughs> I, I, yeah, how they each get their own. But anyway, and then even back then, not, it's, it's still going on today. Statues and paintings would give milk at certain time. Right? You, you've seen. Ooh, have you seen even today, people today, they'll say, look, there's something oil coming from that set. And what will people do? They'll flock over there. They'll burn candles and throw coins at the thing. And the guy whoever owns the property there is, yeah, keep it going. And at night, he's over there squirting oils. I need another, another Cadillac or something. I don't know. But, anyway, so, uh, the, but then, listen to this. The milk goes even further. This milk was, quote, miracle milk. And supposedly, a Catholic saint, Bernard Cloro, whatever, was rewarded for his holy life by Mary. Visiting him in his cell. Now, can Mary come back? No. You're in heaven, you're in heaven, you're in hell, you're in hell. She's in heaven. She ain't coming back. right? But she, he said that she visited him in his cell and let his lips be moistened by the food of the heavenly child. In other words, he's saying that Mary nursed him. Yeah, it's kind of sick all at the same time. And, uh, and, and then the, the, what are called the stigmatas? People all of a sudden supposedly have these marks in their hands or the marks or whatever. It's a bunch of baloney, right? Uh, and then, it, listen, back to Mary's milk. One saint, quote, they say in the Catholic Church, had so much of Mary's milk inside of him that he had drunk during his life that when he died, they cut him open and, and out of the veins came blood and milk. Or well, we're not done. They caught that mysterious blood and milk in a single vial. Kind of like an hourglass thing type deal. And they used it. It, they, it, it, it. it switched places. When the blood was on the top of that vial, quote, the country had a bad year. But when the milk was on top, it was a good year. Okay. Apparitions of Mary occurring all over the world, those real? No, she ain't coming back. That's all demonic, right? And, and so the reason why obviously this happened in, quote, Roman Catholic Church history was because God was affirming the truth of the Catholic Church. <laughs> no, it's a bunch of counterfeit baloney. Like it's going on today, right? Now let's go back to Mr. Popoff, right? Okay, all he did was take the Mary's Milk idea and turn it into Miracle Spring Water. It's the same idea, it's nothing new. But people have fallen for it, hook, line, and sinker. Now what's crazy, is bad enough, the guy's out there today, he was exposed, I think it was 33 years ago, on the Johnny Carson show as an absolute total fraud. And yet he's back again. Because my theory is, because people are not calling these guys out on the carpet, and as soon as he made an appearance, the community said, hey, 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 no, that guy's in abuse. Those gifts are not in functions today. Don't fall for it. They're going to use it as a money-making scheme to rip you off. Nobody said nothing, apparently, and he's still getting away with it. But here's, watch how fake and phony this guy really is. This was 33 years ago. Let's take a look.
2: For the stomach are you ready for god to burn that cancer
4: out a man like reverend peter popoff was a very dangerous man my estimation he was a, a real scoundrel because he was taking people's faith in their religion he was taking away their security in many cases he was harming them physically because he was convincing them that they didn't have to go to doctors anymore that jesus had healed them
2: if you've got pills as an I want you just to throw out the
4: aisles.
2: Those of you up in the balcony, just throw them over the side. Amen. Throw them over the side.
4: Throw them over the side. I tell you, this is- so you have Popoff, who's going around a congregation and just seem to be able to hear the voice of God and know all about people, even their addresses. He would call it out. Everyone's impressed. Is that
2: John 3784, Archwood Road? God is burning those blood clots out of his veins out of his arteries
4: there it is so he was doing a mentalism act it appeared and we wondered how he got the information i'm sitting there and, and after some of the emotion had died down in me Popoff said i need people to come down to collect money for him and basically
2: he had 15 buckets and i'm supposed to go around the auditorium and collect cash that is touching that thyroid condition right now these people are throwing like five tens twenties because one of the things Pop-Off always tells them, whatever you give, you'll get back tenfold. So if you put a dollar in, hey, you're going to get ten bucks. You put a hundred bucks in, you're going to get a lot more money back. And these people truly believe this. Here comes complete healing in Jesus. You foul spirit of deafness, take your hands off this woman in Jesus' name. Lord, let these ears be open. There it is. And as I get up close, I notice in his ear that there's an earpiece. There's no ear hole. It's a little piece of plastic in there, and I come back
4: to Miranda and I think I know what's going on. I said, what's up? He said, he's wearing a hearing aid in his left ear. Now, a man who heals the deaf, you wouldn't think would be wearing a hearing aid.
2: Well, how do I sound now? (laughs) (laughs) Loud! (laughs) Loud!
4: At that point, I realized we needed some technical help, so I enlisted uh, the aid of a private investigator named Alec Jason. I dressed
0: as a security guard, complete uniform badge, shirt, radio, keys, everything. Not a security guard, I just looked like one part of my cover. And I was nervous. I went down a corridor and that's where I set up my equipment. She was sort of concealed as in bags. So I have my scanner going and it's looking for new frequencies, anything new that's not there normally. Get ready, get ready. Praise God. Suddenly, on the scanner, one of the lights came on, saying there's a signal, and the scanner has stopped at that frequency. And I hear what I realize are now footsteps, high heel footsteps on a hard surface.
2: How many of you believe it's all right to praise the Lord?
0: And then I hear someone coming closer, closer to the microphone, and the woman's voice said, hello, Petey.
2: Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble
0: they were using a radio frequency, I found it. In the name of Jesus.
2: Jody Dean, Jody Dean. Is it Jody? Jody? Dean? Dean? Jody Dean? She, no, she should be right there on your right Here it comes. Okay, she moves at 4267 Masterson. 4267 Masterson, I can see the angels of God all around your house. Rosa? Camira. Is it Kamir? You've been taking a lot of medication? She's there with her son, Kipper. He has a lump in his chest. Wait just a minute. Who's Kipper? He's got a lump in his chest. You want God to melt it right now? Kipper, stand up. God's going to burn that thing out right now.
0: They'd filled out prayer request forms saying, I have cancer, I have this problem or that problem. So she's giving that information directly to Popoff. And then he's reciting that information as if he's getting it from God.
2: Martha,
0: of course. Is it Martha? Is it S-
2: Sikorsky? Weldon Crab. Is it Weldon? The- crab. Crab? Peggy White. Peggy White? 1305 Solano. 1305 Solano? Turn over to the left. Hallelujah. There you go. She's had a me hysterical-
1: do
3: you
2: want god way. to touch your kidneys now let that ear open in the name of the God jesus power of the holy ghost here it comes and treat devil, back off is the bondage is broken in the name of jesus you foul spirit
0: That's I'm, I'm getting out of here now so i packed everything up I, I turned the equipment off took my bags and i walked down the stairs outside into the cool air my heart's pounding now because i've got the goods Not only do we have the
4: evidence we needed, we had more than what we needed. We had it. So I went on the Johnny Carson show, and when the revelation came, and you heard Mrs. Popoff's voice...
2: Hello, Petey, can you hear me? If you can't, you're
4: in trouble. Johnny suddenly realized what the gimmick was, and he said, Oh! Turns out that God's frequency, I didn't know he used radio, is 39.170 megahertz. And God is a woman, obviously, and sounds exactly like Papa's wife, Elizabeth. Has he seen this tape? No, he does not know about this until this very moment. I can't imagine what it would be like to maintain a life where your living and your
2: well-being of you and your family depends upon you lying every single day.
1: And yet that's what they're doing. And why are they doing it? Peter gave us the answer. In their greed, they will exploit you and malign the truth. And that's exactly what's, we're watching it on TV right now, right? We're not saying that some, but God can't do miracles, just like God can't do, of course he can He's God, he can do whatever he wants to do. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the gift of healing or the gift of miracles that was given to a specific person that is no longer in function because the purpose was a sign gift to get people's attention that these men were from God. He had a new message, you need to pay attention. It's already been established right here in the word of God. We don't need it anymore. That's it, but because people are saying nope, all the gifts are all in function. It's all mentioned in the scripture, every single last one of them. These guys are running with it and ripping people off, as well as dare I say, being a bad witness. Okay, uh, the Bible. What's the Bible say? God's word is the complete canon of scripture. It's the our infallible guide. Second Peter one also says this in verse nineteen that we have a more sure word in the word of God. Right. And that's where we go for it. And, and we could use that to determine whether or not somebody really is a messenger from God. You go back to the word every single time. Miracles can be counterfeited. And this is why God always points us back to his word. It's a light unto our path. It's what illuminates and dispels the darkness so we can't be fooled. Do you know why these guys are continuing, in my opinion, to go today and get millions of dollars? And how Peter pop off after being exposed to that great detail on a national level, he's back again. Why? Because people individually and churches today do not teach the Bible. That's why. Can't always blame it on your pastor in church because, Christian, your arms aren't broke. You can get in there yourself. And that's what the Protestant reformers from the, breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church died for, so we could have the privilege of having a Bible. Okay, you can get in there, right? But it's not being taught today. And there's a whole community out there that actually says, nope, they're all in existence and these guys are running with it. And they're ripping people off. So it's actually encouraging that. Not only that, Second uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.9 says, the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, listen, Will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, we're not going to be here for the Antichrist, but if we were, pff, ain't going to fool us. We know the Bible. But because people are turning from that, they're going to be duped. And so, this behavior, even with all due respect in the charismatic community, of saying that everything's in function, is actually preparing the hearts of people to what fall for the deception of the Antichrist, who's going to appear on the scene and make what these guys do look like chump change. And they're going to fall for it because that's how they have been trained uh, to believe, okay? All right. Now, hey, real quick, again, I'm not saying that God can't do miracles. He can do whatever in the world he wants to do. But let's get to that 13th one. That is the gift of discernment, okay? Gift of discernment, okay? Okay. And uh, certain individuals in the early church possessed the unique ability to determine the true message of God from that of the deceiver, i.e. Satan, and these false prophets and false teachers that were constantly coming into the church. You read through the epistles of the New Testament, what is Paul and John and Peter, what are they always talking about? Hey, watch out for these guys coming to the church. They're going to lead you astray. Some people have already shipwrecked their faith and all this stuff, and they're coming up with a false teaching. Don't believe it. Don't buy it. Whatever. Okay? Okay? Well, they're living it live, right? Okay, and so God gave at that time people the ability to say, whoa, wait a second. That ain't from the Spirit of God. They were able to discern, no, that ain't from the Holy Spirit of God. Now, why would they need that gift at that time? What did they not have that we have today? Bingo. That's why I would say I don't believe that that gift as a specific gift to specific people is in function for today. Because if you and I need to discern between the truth, what do we have that they didn't have at that time? We got the Bible. So every Christian can be discerning if you just get into the Bible, right? But back then, they're living it live. They didn't have this recorded for them, right? And so they needed people because they're coming in. They're wearing the same clothes, right? They're looking, they're talking the talk, and they're saying that phrase, God told me to tell you. How are they going to know? At that time, God gave certain people the gift of discernment, and they'd say, no, that ain't, mm-mm, mm-mm, That ain't the Spirit of God. Don't listen to that guy. He's a false teacher. Then it's been recorded for us. We don't need it. So guess what? Just like the sign for the healings and the miracles, the specific gifts, he can still heal. He can still do miracles. Say hello. Okay, we don't need the specific gift of discernment. Because again, every Christian can get into the Word of God and discern for themselves, okay, using the Word of God. The maturing believer is empowered by the Spirit of God through the Scriptures to tell the difference between good and evil. Again, why, are, why aren't we fooled by Peter Popoff? Because we know the Bible. And as soon as somebody says something, Christian, do you need... I, I saw this guy on TV, and he said something kind of weird, but I guess I'll never know if I'm being led astray. I have to wait for somebody who has the gift of discernment to show up and help me. Help? No! What do you do? We never say stuff like that. I hope not. We say, no, let's go to the Bible. Right? What's the Bible say? Why? Because that's where we discern. This is not, it's not that we can't discern. The benefit of this is all of us can discern because we all got a Bible. And that tells us what's right and wrong. That tells us when these we can't be fooled by these guys. They're saying, no, certain people and only those people have the gift of discernment. And, of course, you have to do this with your chin and squint one eye and make your lip in a circle and breathe and then put your hands up like this because that's what a person with the gift of discernment does. No. No. We don't need that gift because we can all discern. Because we've got the gift, if you will, of the Bible. That's why the Bible says to test the spirits which line up to what? God's Word. We got God's Word. And also, 2 Timothy 2.15, why does it say that we are to rightly divide the Word of God? Why would we be encouraged to do that? Why is it encouraged us to study the Word of God, get into the Word of God? Because we know the truth. When you know the truth, you can't be lied to. You can't fall for it because you can discern, right? But the irony is, usually when it comes to the gift we got two things. You'll actually have people out there that say, nope, I have the gift of discernment. Right? Of course, it's never the gift of serving. It's never the gift of helps. Right? It's never the gift of leadership. Oh, no, it's the discernment gift. And really what that means, first of all, it's not true, but what it means is, I'll just translate the Chrome translation. I have the gift of division. Because really what I mean with the gift of discernment is, I have a pet peeve secondary doctrine that I believe in. You see, I am a I'm not me personally. I am a post tribber and I believe that the church will go through all of the seven-year tribulation and then at the very end when Jesus comes back at the second coming, we go up and come right back down. That's really what post trib believes anyway. And therefore, since I have the gift of discernment, God has called me to discern that everybody else who does not agree with my secondary doctrine, I will get you. I will prove to you how wrong you are because I have the gift of discernment. That's really what it's boiled into. It actually turned into discernment ministries. And if you don't agree with anything I have, because only I know, because I've got the gift, you're going to get it. So I call it the gift of division. It's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, you know, I don't need your gift of discernment. Just go back to the Word of God. We can all discern right now. That's not in function because it's not needed. It was needed back then because they didn't have the complete word. We got it now. What are you talking about? But it's become an excuse to divide. Now, the problem is then you go to the other end of the spectrum. So that's one. Then you have other people who actually use discernment based on the word of God. And although on the one hand, the charismatic community would say, oh, they're all in function today, even the gift of discernment. When you discern against them, they say, you shouldn't do that. I said, wait, 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 wait a second now. Now, I disagree with you that the gift of discernment is in function today, okay, because we can all discern. But you say it is in function today, so I'm just discerning that what you're saying is wrong. You can't have it both ways. Do you see the irony there? Okay. And what they say is, we talked about this before, they'll come out with this phrase. As soon as you call one of these guys out the, on the carpet, a Kenneth Copeland, a Benny Hinn, a Peter Popov, all these other guys, right? They'll sit there and say, Touch not. Thine anointed. Don't you dare question me. I am a prophet of God, or I got this gift of healing and miracles. How dare you? What? First of all, let's discern, shall we? Let's go back to the scripture that they're misquoting completely out of context, and it doesn't even mean that. It doesn't mean that we can't say, "Hey, guess what? You're not lining up with the Bible," and I can discern that as a Christian because I got the Bible. Okay. Well, let's, let's deal with that, uh, shall we? Uh, touch not thine anointed, okay, basically is uh, a passage where David uh, is talking. And you see this in 1 Samuel 24, also Psalms 105.5. David says, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm, right? David, if you read the account of David, he's talking about King Saul, who was anointed to be king of Israel. What does that passage got to do with the church? Nothing, number one. But when he says, do not touch thine anointed, how many chances did David have to kill Saul? But did David kill Saul? No, because he was honoring that position of King Saul being anointed to be the king of Israel for that time, which again is not even a church issue. But what he's talking about is no one should kill the anointed king, or the prophet, at that time in the old covenant—that's the context. Are we advocating to kill Peter Popoff? No, Kenneth Copeland. No, we're just saying, hey, we disagree with you. But they go, oh no, touch not thine anointed. Okay, he quoted scripture. I guess it's true. <laughs> no, let's discern from the scripture. He's taking that out of context, right? That's all David's saying. Number two. It is permissible to call out a wicked leader and not experience divine judgment. And we see that also in David, if you keep reading and discern in the scripture, right? Because that's the other half of the story. Touch not thine anointed. As soon as you say, hey, guys, you are off base here, that's not what the Bible says. Touch not thine anointed. Because then it comes with the secondary thing you're going
4: to get it now.
1: <laughs> no, if that was true, David. Would have came down with some sort of cancerous disease or because sor- what did David do? David, although he didn't kill Saul, he called Saul out in the carpet, and I quote First Samuel, 24, 12 through 15, he called Saul wicked. What he was doing was wicked. So something you know, some didn't. David didn't come down with some horrible ah. So it's OK. So we're not advocating killing, that's what it really meant. And you can call these people out. David certainly did. And the Bible is very clear. We've seen this how many times, guys? The Bible says, do not be afraid of these guys. Specifically, false teachers and false prophets. And you see this clearly in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, God speaking, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, he shall die. He, the prophet, shall die. God will take care of you. God will take you out. That was back in the Old Covenant. Right, And these guys that want to take the old covenant and they want to take things out of context and say they're good for today, why don't you bring that one back? If you're being consistent. right? And you will say in your heart, God says, how, how shall we know that the word of the Lord has not been spoken? Here's God's line. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Why? Because God doesn't lie. Right? Quote, the prophet has spoken presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him. So you could sit there and say, touch not thine anointed. How dare you? I have the gift of miracles or gift of healing. Or I alone have the gift of discernment. How dare you disagree with my teaching? <laughs> I'm not advocating killing you. Of course not. I'm just using what all Christians can have now. Not a gift of discernment, but discernment that comes from the Word of God. That's it. And, oh, by the way, in my discernment, I just verified that uh, even what you just quoted out mm, was wrong. <laughs> so you got that one wrong, too. Want to keep going? All right? That's all we're doing. But because people aren't studying the Bible, they're not teaching the Bible, and because you've got a whole group of uh, community out there, the charismatic community that says, nope, 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 they're all in function today. And these gifts, most of them are, but these gifts that are called sign gifts, that are temporary, as we saw clearly, consistent with all the Scripture, Old and New Testament, nothing new, not resisting the Spirit of God, these are not in function today, but because they say they are, these false teachers are ripping people off, leading people astray, and being a horrid witness that even the lost knows is a bunch of baloney. And we saw this back in our Christian science study, for those of you who have got all these memorized. But now we're going to see it one more time as we close. Here's what these people are getting away with. Here's what they're doing with that money when they want to abuse the gifts. Let's take a look at Benny Hinn. You wonderful people of God, quit attacking men of God. By name. Somebody's attacking me because of something I'm teaching. Let me tell you something, brother. You watch it. You're God in heaven. I wish I can just... Oof. They call out the minister in my foot. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. But don't mention people's names on your radio program and your TV program thinking you're doing God's service. You're not. You stink, frankly. That's the way I think about it. Sometimes I wish God would give me a Holy Ghost machine gun. i blow your head off. So you're going to blow my head off when you said, don't touch thine anointed. I can't disagree with you, which is not even what that means, which would mean that I'm trying to advocate killing you, but that's not what I'm doing. But then you say, because I disagree with you, you can kill me. Can't have it both ways. But, but this is what these guys do. They put up this big show, how dare you disagree. You know? uh, to, If I were to actually say that, I mean, what? Why does this guy get away with this? But again, because they scare people. They scare them into submission, and that's what cults do. You have no right to talk. Only I, the chosen leader, how dare you? You must submit. We submit to the Word of God, right? But because nobody's doing it, here's what they're doing with their cash. We'll close in prayer after
3: this. He claims he can cure the sick. Critics say the only miracle may be the millions he's making. Though Hinn refuses to make his financial information public, he has said that every dollar given to his ministry goes to the work of the Lord. Be that as it may, Benny Hinn does manage to live very well. His home is this mansion overlooking the Pacific Ocean, built and paid for by his ministry. According to building records, it has seven bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and more than 7,000 square feet of living space. The ministry told us the mansion was its parsonage and a good investment. According to area realtors, today it's worth about ten million dollars. And when Hinn goes to crusades around the world, he travels in this private jet. According to documents we obtained, the ministry pays more than hundred and twelve thousand dollars a month to use the plane. And closer to home, Pastor Benny still travels in style. This photo obtained by Dateline shows him getting out of a Mercedes SUV. And here he is driving a Mercedes convertible. Both cars retail for about $80,000. At this crusade in Milwaukee, the documents indicate Benny Hinn occupied the presidential suite of the Pfister Hotel. The hotel told us the room cost $990 a night. At a crusade in Panama, the documents show, and we verified with the Intercontinental Hotel, that Hin was in the royal suite the published rate seventeen hundred dollars a night at a crusade in montreal we verified pastor benny was ensconced in the royal suite of the saint james hotel the regular rate there two thousand seven hundred dollars a night the room is as big as an average house twenty two hundred square feet including a makeup room dressing room and a piano that plays by itself and we found some other trips that seem to have little to do with spreading the word of God Hinn is a regular at Beverly Hills clothing stores like Versace Louis Vuitton and Bijan where Hinn's name is on the window along with princes and heads of state but there are questions raised by some of the purchases we found in those expense documents for example in just over four weeks in 2003 We found six separate charges at high-end clothing stores totaling more than $6,000, all charged on the ministry's corporate card. But we were intrigued by what appear to be stops made by Pastor Benny at resorts and spas around the world, on his way to and from Crusades. The ministry called these stops layovers. Now for most of us travelers, a layover means long hours waiting for a connection in an unfamiliar airport, maybe an overnight stay at a low-rent hotel. But remember, Pastor Benny travels in the ministry's private jet and sets his own schedule. So consider Benny Hinn's version of a layover. On his way home to California from this crusade in Colombia, the documents show, and the hotel confirmed for us, Pastor Benny stopped at this resort in Cancun, Mexico. He stayed in the presidential suite there that cost the ministry $2,684 for one night. The trip was described as a layover. After crusades in Russia and Sweden in July of 2003, Pastor Benny apparently didn't get on his private jet, fly west, and go home. Instead, he flew from Sweden south to Italy, then back north to England, with an entourage that included his son, his daughter, and her fiancé. There were expensive meals, like this one for more than $900 in Italy, and one at this Lebanese restaurant in London for more than $1,700. And check out these hotel bills. In Italy, transportation charges of more than $6,000. In London, another $6,000 for incidentals such as chauffeur services and in-room tea. The documents also list tips. In three days, more than $4,500 worth including $1,000 to a concierge and another $1,000 to a desk manager. And then there were Pastor Benny's hotel rooms. In London, the documents show, Hinn stayed at the exclusive Lanesborough Hotel. The hotel confirmed for us it was suite 210 and told us that they never discount rooms. The going rate, the hotel says, more than $3,000 a night. And then there was Pastor Benny's hotel room in Milan according to the expense documents room 1001, The hotel confirmed it's the presidential suite. The hotel website says the room is fit for a prince and the largest hotel suite in Europe. Among its 5,400 square feet three bedrooms, a formal dining room, a fireplace, a jacuzzi, a sauna, a Turkish bath, a large terrace with a panoramic view of the city and a 100-foot-long swimming pool decorated with marble and frescoes. The hotel told us this room rents for more than $10,000 a night. No discounts. And through it all Pastor Benny maintains that he has truth and God on his side. Look at these eyes. I have never lied to you. Never. I never will. I'd rather die
0: than lie to God's people. Dude,
1: look look right here. Look right here. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand right over here as the lightning bolt gets you. (laughs) You're a liar. You're a false teacher. And you're a heretic. (laughs) You're being so mean. No, I'm discerning from the word of God with confidence in the word of God. That the Bible even warned us that in the last days, there's going to become false teachers in the church, and they're specifically going to make up stories in their greed to rip you off, and it's going to malign the way of truth, and that's exactly what's going on. All because people are saying that these gifts that are no longer in function aren't today, and that's become the policy of these guys to run with, unfortunately, and rip a lot of people off. Lord willing, next week we are going to get into the final gift and then we'll move on to some other aberrant behavior. And, uh, but let's go ahead and let's close in prayer. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave. And the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven.
0: God bless.